You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, it's Danny. So today I'm joined by Naomi Weiss, and she's an exotic performer based here in Vancouver with a flair for sensual movement and musicality. With a background in ballet, jazz, and musical theater, it only makes sense that performing became her full-time gig. She's also a professional singer with a music degree and an actor working in the film industry. Naomi is grateful to use this exotic industry as a platform for her many talents. Welcome, and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Hello. So, how long have you been in the sex industry? I have been in the sex industry since 2015. So, about four and a half years now. Okay. And what avenues are you in right now? Right now, I am dancing on stage, and I am doing lap dances, so freelancing. That's mm-hmm. all I'm doing right now. Yes. I have done other forms of sex work, but right now I'm not. That's what your specialty is right yeah. now. Uh, so, in, so, in club work. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And how did you get into it? Oh, and private parties. Sorry, I forgot to say. <laughs> and you're doing private parties. And I do private parties. So, yeah. Like, and, and we've talked about it before on the, on the podcast, PR, and, and what that's about. Um, so, how did you get into sex work then? I got into sex work because I was living in Vancouver. I just moved here from L.A., and I was kind of sad because I... Because you moved here from LA. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Honestly, it was quite devastating. I was really sad, and I was just working retail, and I was like, did not really making money. I was living in a basement suite with a bunch of roommates, and I didn't have any savings. I was like, oh, I'm gonna do music on the side. I'm gonna be a little superstar. Literally, a struggling artist. <laughs> and I just like had no time to do anything, so I was like, fuck it. What can I do? What, how can I use my talents in a way that actually makes me money? Mm-hmm. It's really hard to just start being a, an artist or a singer in a city that you just moved to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I love dancing. I love performing. That's something I know how to do. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad to be a stripper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have someone introduce you to a club or did you just walk in or? The first thing I did was an amateur competition called Rent Check, and that's at the Astoria. Mm. I think they have it every month. It's been going on for years. You make $500 if you win the competition. Mm-hmm. So, Which is good money for an amateur. Yeah. It's, and you know, if you told like, a veteran stripper they'd make $500, they'd be like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like determined to win, but yeah. I didn't really, I didn't win. No. I was like, okay. <laughs> Whatever, so I did another amateur contest at the penthouse, and that got me in touch with the agents, Mm -hmm. and that got me put on the circuit, and I started booking clubs and working across BC, Mm. and I just kind of let it take me where it took me, and Mm -hmm. here we are. (laughs) Four and a half years later. Um, So you do more stage than VIP, correct? I used to do... Okay, I consider myself more of a stage performer than I do a hustler or a lap dancer. Yeah, than a freelancer. Yeah. Right. And what have you found to be the main difference between the two? 
aside from the obvious that like you're on stage and when you're not on stage, um, is, is the hustle different? Are the clients you, you get different? Is it a different lifestyle? Um, are the other VIP girls different than the other stage girls? Yeah, I think it's a totally different job, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, lately I've been doing more freelance than I've been doing stage, and it's been such a huge adjustment. Now I'm getting back into stage, I'm seeing, like, whoa, it's not even the same thing mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's probably easier just to do freelance because you have more time on the floor talking to customers you know, you just have more time. And when you're on stage, you have to get ready for your show and do all this and that and do your warm up and get dressed in your costume. But for me, I find that it's easier to sell dances once I've been on stage Mm -hmm. because I feel like customers look at me like, okay, they've already seen what I'm about. They've seen what I can do. They've seen what I look like. It's like advertising. Yeah. Yeah. So it's different for different people, but for me, I I find it easier to make money when I'm on stage. And then I also have, like, the extra stage tips and my show price Mm -hmm. that I get. And I know a lot of things, um, a lot of people that aren't in the industry don't know that uh, we don't get, VIP don't get, freelancers don't get paid to be at the club. They have to pay to be at the club. But that's different for a stage girl, right? The stage girl doesn't pay a floor fee, and she's paid a stage price, correct? Yeah. You get paid per show that you do. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice because it takes the pressure off of, okay, if I don't sell dances, I'm not going to make any money tonight. You mm-hmm. know that you're at least getting your show price, even if you make zero tips. Right. Which is very unlikely. <laughs> knock on wood. <laughs> I know, knock on wood. You still get your, uh, your show price. So... For someone like me, I don't consider myself to be a huge hustler. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very reassuring. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I know I've, I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I sometimes get anxiety when I know the club's dead and I'm walking in. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to work, stay there for whatever amount of hours, and then come home and be in like the minus because I paid for a taxi and I paid my floor fee and couldn't sell a dance because the club was horrible, um, as opposed to stage girls, like similar to... PR where you know you're getting a base the minute you walk there you walk in there um and I know I don't don't do stage anymore but I remember what it was you know six years ago stage price I feel like it's less now um or it hasn't changed at all which I mentioned on the podcast before too is crazy to me with the influx of everything else um cost rising that dancers are still getting paid similar or less than because I think before it was 60 to 80 a show and you did five shows a night um but I feel like that's not the situation it is now so what can you tell us well okay there are a lot of factors that determine your show price Mm -hmm. the club that you're at is one of them Mm -hmm. if you're at a I don't know. There's a certain club that's very prominent in the city that only pays a certain show price because you know it's going to be busy there. You know you're going to be making tips. You know you're going to be selling dances. Mm-hmm. Um, it matters if you make a good impression with the agency that you're with. Mm-hmm. Um, different agencies favor mm-hmm. different types of dancers. Mm-hmm. If you have a certain look... Mm-hmm. that they're looking for. Maybe they will favor you. Mm-hmm. We had an agent a few years back. If you can see her right now, 
She's burning holes in my face right now with her angry eyes. Go on. Am I? I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, air it out. This is my eye. I, I bitch about everything on this podcast, so you're more than welcome to bitch about this um, anonymous agent that is an asshole. Well, I don't know. He had a certain like type mm-hmm. of dancer that mm-hmm. he liked, so I was not that type. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay, too. There's different agencies that value different things. Mm-hmm. Some agencies really value the quality of your show, showmanship, mm-hmm. if you have nice costumes, mm-hmm. what kind of things can you bring to the table? Do you do aerial hoop? Yeah, the type or, of performer you actually yeah, are. Yeah. Hammock or fire yeah. or, you know, different kind of stuff. How good is your show? Yeah. Um, it can also be... The club owner is what they think of you too. You're you're just subjected to a lot of different people's opinions. Yeah. Um, But generally, if you work on your show and you work on yourself, that is the way to getting a higher show price. Also, I'm just going to say it. No, say it, girl. (laughs) Race can play a factor. Mm-hmm. In your show price. Because, okay, so I was actually going to touch on this because you were okay. saying, you know, certain uh, people favor a certain look, and that's kind of what I'm picking up when you're saying that is, you know, different ethnicities, different races um, can be favored. And it's something that I'm going to be talking about actually in um, an upcoming episode this season is specifically a racism in sex work and how much that is a factor. Um, but, yeah, for yourself, what ethnicity are you? As what you identify I'm as? Filipino. Filipino. I identify as Filipino-Canadian, yeah. Okay, and how has that been for you? Do you... Because, like, I'm in what people call white passing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I remember talking to someone about this before, because I've been called a chug before, um, because I am part Native, and, you know, I t- was telling her that story, and she goes, well, you don't get it because you're white passing. Which, you know, I feel some kind of way about someone telling me I don't understand it, because I do get it still. But I'm not, I am more white passing, I think, than you probably are, because you do look like a beautiful Filipino woman. So, (laughs) um, how has that been for you? Um, It's a blessing and a curse. Mm. Like, the whole show price thing, with me, some agencies really value what I have to offer and mm. some agencies and clubs don't mm-hmm. and that's okay and that's something that I have to deal with I'm not going to blame all my like problems or shortcomings on my race right um I'm also like even though I look like different and not white I'm pretty ethnically ambiguous mm-hmm. I still have privilege mm-hmm. you know there are some clubs in the city that say like oh we have too many black girls on the lineup this week. Oh, you're not going to be booked this week. That's something that I haven't had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do have a lot of privilege in that area. And then there are also times when, I don't know, maybe I'm working at a club who has mostly, like, blonde girls mm-hmm. walking around on the floor. And people say, oh, okay, I'm going to go for a dance with you because you're, like, the only person here that's not white. And I really... I'm not really... That's not my preference. I prefer girls with darker skin. Mm-hmm. So it kind of can go a lot of different ways um as far as like show prices go i think it's important for people dancers to talk to each other about what their show prices are what kind mm-hmm. of money that they're making mm-hmm. and then that way that'll give you a better idea to see why maybe mm-hmm. you know 
if you know you're doing a good show and, and someone's making more than you, there's a, there's a lot of different factors, but mm-hmm. it, it's very, I think, I really believe in transparency mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like this. Oh, I agree. I think, especially when someone else is setting the prices, um, and, like, same with even, like, when I mentioned it to my friends before, too, when girls are setting their service prices, if you don't know each other's prices, it gives the client a chance to come in and say, well, she does it for this much. And it's like, well, that might not be the case. So that transparency of like, hey, let's all be at this price or demand that we no one gets paid less than this. Um, it kind of, it brings the bar up, I think, a bit to be like, you won't, aren't able to lowball us because we're all transparent with each other. We know no one is giving that service for that amount. Or, you know, if a uh, stage manager comes to you saying, well, this girl did it for $30 a show, so you're $30 a show. And then you go talk to her and she's getting $60 a show. Um, then you have some kind of say when you go back to like, that stage manager saying, actually, I know for a fact that was bullshit. <laughs> and I mean, you might not want to because like I've bitched about before in our podcast, um, dancers don't have many rights and people can fire you for no fucking reason, unfortunately. But, um, but I agree with you. Transparency is key, especially when you're trying to, um, demand or try, just trying to be paid what you're deserved. Yeah. And this like a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about too is, like, based on my friends' experiences as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, like I said before, like, I'm pretty ethnically ambiguous. I think it's it's different for people, you know, of different races, mm-hmm. different type of minorities. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. This is life. This is something you have to deal with. I was fortunate enough recently just to go to a really nice club in Alberta, I got paid a really good show price, and I'm really happy with it, and it was a good experience. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then I know before, when I was out in Fort Mac, girls did, I think it was five or six shows a night, but when I was out in on the island recently, the girls were talking that the way they're being booked now is you do, like, say, 15 shows that week. And they're split up however the club is. So if the club's really slow one day, your shows might get canceled and you only do one show. And now you have to do 14 shows for the rest of the week. And then one day might be super busy in the club, so you do six shows. And now you're down to like seven remaining shows left for that week. Uh, I never knew it to be like that when I was in, in the stage group years ago. But is that how it is for most clubs you've been to recently? I think so. But the thing is, the way that clubs run their shit and the way that clubs treat dancers and the amount of respect that they give dancers varies a lot. Mm -hmm. So some clubs will really, you know, we sometimes there's not enough people in the bar and they just have to roll your show. Mm -hmm. They just have, and then you miss out and then you just don't get paid. Oh, um, so it doesn't get put over to another day. No, Okay, yeah, because that's what I think um, that's what it was like on the island when I was there. So, like, you have to do 15 shows, and if one day's really slow, then your next day's going to be really busy because you still have to do your 15 cap. Sometimes it's like that. They try and space it out um, depending on how many customers there are in the club. Right. Or some clubs, they just roll your show. They're like, you know, there's not enough people in the bar. We can't give it to you, and then you just don't get 
that show for the week. So like I said, that's why I'm talking about like, okay, the the way that clubs run their shit and Mm -hmm. the amount of respect that they give dancers because I think if you're contracted out to go somewhere, especially if it's out of town, you want to get your show count. Yeah. You want to get a high show count. Well, it needs to be worth it for you to go out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And not even just like for the price of the show you want, but... Um, and to get paid for that, but you also want to be able to advertise yourself like, like you're supposed to be, especially if you're out of town and people don't know you. Um, you want to be seen on stage that you're this new girl from out of town and take you for a dance. Like, I'd be fucking choked if I went out somewhere and they're like, oh, you're not going to be on stage. I'd be like, why the fuck am I here? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the agency wouldn't like me that much. Well, usually it's not that drastic. Like, I feel like somehow I don't know if it's the time of year my anger is just like my, <laughs> all my past experiences are just coming back like mm-hmm. all the bad times but really I've had some pretty good experiences on being a stage dancer and being at clubs and usually it's in the best the clubs usually it's in the club's best interest if they can have a dancer on stage because it makes people want to stay in the bar. They want to buy drinks. Mm -hmm. Maybe they want Mm -hmm. to get a dance. Maybe it just looks good. They can tell their friends they saw a really great performance. Right. Well, that's what's setting it aside from a random bar is the women in it, right? So when people come to a strip club, they expect to see a girl on stage. Um, So I get asked this all the time from especially people that are transitioning into... VIP or into stage or just starting dancing in general. Uh, what do you find is better money, stage or VIP? For me, stage. Yeah. I think it really depends. I think it really depends on the person because you could argue that VIP, you get more of an opportunity to be around customers. You don't have to worry about doing your show. But because performing is my thing Mm -hmm. that's where I really flourish Mm -hmm. so I've just find it a lot easier to talk to people after I've done a show Mm -hmm. then we have something to talk about and I like having a steady paycheck Mm -hmm. I like knowing okay at the end of the week no matter how many tips I got how many dances I sold I get this much money on my paycheck right I think that's one thing that people don't realize about doing taxes as a dancer is that you guys actually get paychecks so correct from the club yes we do get paychecks. so people think you can oh dancers never pay their taxes and yeah vip might be able to get away with that but with stage girls you actually have a check coming in as income um and i think for people that aren't in the industry that's something they don't even realize that stage girls actually have a check coming in yeah and i think for the most part I find it to be a good thing to get a paycheck mm-hmm. because it's easier to keep track of your income and that's the money that you kind of have to report right, for sure. on your taxes. Also, if you're applying for an apartment or something, it gives you a pay stub that they can look at and say, okay, this person has a job. Yeah, definitely so, more credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost similar. I would equate it to the same as um, a server. You know, you're getting your paycheck. The lump sum of your income is probably in tips, mm-hmm. but you're still getting a paycheck coming in, showing you have, you know, an actual job paying, um, and that helps a lot, when, especially when you do taxes, because then your tips are out for negotiation. Yes. <laughs> negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I echo what you said about, you know, what makes 
more money. Um, it, I say the same as you. It depends on the person because some girls really, like you said, flourish on stage and it's great advertisement for them. And they might not like talking to clients one-on-one. So that kind of gets that out of the way. The minute you're off stage, people have already seen you. They know if they want to maybe take you for a dance already. They might just grab you and go, which I see a lot happen. But as a VIP girl, not even the club might see you ever. If you're, if it's a busy night, you're stuck, you know, like crawling through legs. <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, there's a lot of talking I find more in VIP. So if you're not so uncomfortable with that one-on-one um, selling tactic, then... Um, yeah, I think a lot of people do prefer stage. And I, I know I've talked to stage girls, and they go, oh, my God, I can never do VIP. That's I, It's mortifying to have to go talk to someone. And then I know VIP girls that go, oh, my God, I can never go on stage. It's so it's so mortifying to go on stage in front of people. So I think it, uh, people tend to fall into one of the two categories, um, and they do better in one of them usually. Yeah. And I think, too, that, that your club depends as well. I know for the five, uh, most dancers there know that on Move Something Night – VIPs do not make money because the people that are coming into the club are interested in seeing a show and the stage girls make really good money those nights. So um, I think, yeah, I think I I agree with what you said. There's a lot of factors that determine what is best for one person. Um, Speaking of what's best, what do you think constitutes or makes a good stage set? You mentioned different styles, different costumes, all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like this question. Um, I think that stage presence and connection with the audience is huge. Mm-hmm. That's something for myself I find challenging sometimes. And I think it's the same for a lot of dancers because it's really vulnerable to put yourself out there and go on stage and smile and connect with people and take off all your clothes. For sure. It's really... Um, <laughs> Intimidating. Yeah, like, a lot of times I'm like, what am I even doing? Like, how's this... Do you have those moments where you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, le- less and less so now that I've right. done it more, but yeah. I do have those moments still. And not everyone's going to be receptive, no matter how good your show is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, another one is music. Sometimes... I just dance to what I feel like dancing to because (laughs) I want to and I don't care. And I usually find I do a better show to music that I'm more familiar with. Mm -hmm. Music to me is really important. I'm a singer. I'm a musician also. And I feel like dancing is like being a musician with your body. Right. For sure. Um, It helps to have music that other people know and recognize. Mm-hmm. And they can connect, connect to on a sentimental level. Definitely, yeah, I agree. So lots of girls do like classic rock. That's yeah, yeah. You know the stripper anthems, or maybe if it's more of like an urban club, you're doing like I'm in love with a stripper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that type of everyone music. knows. Kind yeah. Um, but it's just it's just important to find music that you really vibe with, and if you can find music that you vibe with that your audience can also connect with mm-hmm. that's the best also and I think it's more so than learning all the best moves it's just about how you carry yourself you know mm-hmm. smile point your toes point your toes <laughs> it drives me fucking crazy when I see like non-pointed toes or like sickled feet it because <laughs> you can be such a good dancer and you can use so many good inversions and then the minute your feet just look bad I'm like Oh, no. Yeah. 
I mean, it's hard to always keep your... I try to always point my toes, but sometimes I literally get foot cramps. Oh, for like, sure. Like, I'm like, I can't keep it up for this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I always, I always try. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing also I'm learning about stage is slowing down. I think I... Yes. You know, I danced really fast when I first started, and I've just kind of slowed down through the years, and I think I still need to slow down. Yeah. That's when I, I, when I teach the lap dance classes, one of the things I say is, even if you think you're moving slow, move slower. Like, it's the same I've had to teach myself when I talk. I might think I'm talking like molasses, but when I play back, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, what the fuck is she totally. saying? So you, yeah, on stage, you think you're moving in slow motion and then you get a glimpse of yourself and you're like, <laughs> like fast yeah, forward. Yeah, it's like fast forward. Yeah, exactly. Something about it when you're performing, it does that, right? Um, no, I agree with that. Always move slow. And, and I, I think also too, personally, I just like a more sensual stage than I do, um more aggressive like some girls come out and they list like aggressive thrasher music and they're going hard I like more like the sensual I do too style there is something to be said about like that high energy kind of marching style like that's a style but even when you do that you still have to make sure that your movements are actually seen yeah yeah you know you're not just like flailing around you can move fast sometimes yeah yeah but you still have to make room for those slower moments so people can actually register what you're doing right and be on the goddamn beat (laughs) yeah Yeah. go to the music listen to the music yeah um and that's why i think it's always funny too when people are like oh like you know it takes nothing to be a dancer yeah, it takes a lot of intelligence and people skills and, and speaking ability and all that as well. But especially for stage roles, if you want to be a good stage role, at least, like, you need to learn how to, like, hear music, hear beats, count music. Like, if you're going to be good at it, like, and that's why before you even touch the pole, know how to, like, have a good stage presence, hold your face well. I see some girls and I'm like, they are not knowing what their face is doing right now. And you can just tell they're thinking about their entire set. And they look scared. They look, like, very constipated. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Right? So there's just a lot that goes into it, I think. There's a lot, for sure. But I think the things that matter the most are not what people think. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, everyone says, oh, wow, like, you do pull. You must be so strong. I don't really do that many tricks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't really have to. No, I agree. Um... I never focused much on pole because I found I found the audience connections that made me more money. Totally. And, like, slow, sensual moves made me more money. But, yeah, people will cheer and be impressed when you do, like, a cool inversion. But it's not exactly what makes the client come upstairs with you afterwards. Sometimes it's just that, like, sexy eye and, like, the slow touch of your, like, you know, your breasts or whatever. Like, that, those kind of simple things I think people tend to overlook. But they are super impactful. I agree. Um, so what do you have for tips for strippers that want to get onto stage or get into stage? I would say go to the strip club and watch the shows Mm -hmm. and copy the moves. Mm -hmm. Do your research. Yeah. That's what I did. I found a lady actually at the first amateur contest that I did and she was a stripper and I was like okay and I went to visit her at a few clubs that she was working on and I just kind of watched her show Mm -hmm. and she was nice enough to let me ask her questions Mm. about all that too so that was helpful 
Um, I would say take some dance classes and just practice moving to music. Mm-hmm. And take my class. <laughs> take a lap dance class. Take Danny's lap dance class. <laughs> Plug myself. Um, and then if you don't know how to walk in pleasers, learn how to do that. Oh, please learn. That's literally for my um, workshop. That's what I do for like the first bit is just back and forth walking across the room. Watch yourself in the mirror. I feel like once people see themselves in a the mirror, they're like, oh my God, I look like a baby giraffe. Like then they realize like how in your head you think you're like owning it. Um no, I think there's such a power in just knowing how to walk well and walk with uh, pride and, like, this sensual appeal. Yeah, totally. And I think that the mirror thing is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been I've been videotaping my shows mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. and it's made a huge difference. Right. I know. I, I see that as well. That's one of the things why when I do the classes, I always make sure there's mirrors there. Or even when I was doing my own stage work, I always did it in front of mirrors so I would know what the audience was seeing and I knew um, which angles worked for me. Because I know certain moves do not look good head on. They need to be a side, a side, a profile. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Mirrors are your best friend when you're learning stage. Yeah, mirrors and... If you can just freestyle and videotape yourself doing that and then mm-hmm. watch it back, mm-hmm. then you can say, okay, what did I do that looked awkward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did I do that worked? What did I do that looked good? Mm-hmm. I also think that, um, especially if you're going to do pole, being physically fit is really, really, really going to take you far mm-hmm. because it's really easy to get injured as a For stripper. sure. Even if you're not doing pole, just walking in heels and arching your back all the time can be really hard on your body. Yeah. So I would suggest going to the gym, working out, doing your fitness classes. Mm -hmm. I do Pilates. For Mm -hmm. me, that was huge in recovering from my injuries. Mm -hmm. And that's huge in maintaining the strength that it takes to do stage. Mm -hmm. Pilates, yoga, any type of rehabilitative exercises. Mm-hmm. There are lots of great classes that can teach you that kind of stuff. And you can't just train pole all the time. You mm-hmm. have to do that other kind of fitness training mm-hmm. to counteract all the damage that stage does to your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and stretch. Totally. Stretch. I, don't, I know enough people don't stretch. I think it's because people... Especially if you're not naturally flexible, people hate it. You like to do things they're good at, right? So people, it's painful for them or that it's awkward. They feel they're not good. So they totally avoid stretching. It's, it, it's totally under, um, they underestimate how much it improves your stage. Like when I do uh, strip shows just in PR, like half my moves are just me in splits and me doing like back bendy stuff because it makes you stand out, right? Like it's attractive. People don't. A lot of people can't do that. It really um, puts you one above others, being flexible. So, And then it also helps prevent injury. Yeah, totally. So um, I, I'm going to add on to you. Yeah, stretch a lot. <laughs> stretch, stretch, stretch. Stretch a lot. And it, all this stuff will help you, too, just in your life. You right. know, feeling better, feeling good. That's one thing that dancing has really given me is a great relationship with my physical body. Mm-hmm. It's made me a lot more conscious of my my movements, my muscles, mm-hmm. if I have any aches and pains. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm always going to have now, this kind of body awareness. Mm-hmm. Even um, if 
if ever the day comes when I have to stop being a stripper. Yeah, you're a tired stripper. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so you also mentioned that you do burlesque yeah. as well. So, hey, it's not a world I'm familiar with, burlesque at all. And to me, it kind of... <laughs> it's okay. fine. I need to go over well with other people. But to me, it's like um, a PG version of a stripper. That's how I look at it. Like, uh, musical theater meets stripper, and then a little less nudity. <laughs> um, but I'm sure that's totally a horrible definition of it. Uh, how do you see it as being different than stripping? Because you're performing on stage. A lot of the time, burlesque, the n- nipples show, or they just use tassels? They use pasties. Okay. So, so they can have tassels or no tassels. Okay, so it's <laughs> pretty much like a nipple showing, just like a nipple cover. Yeah, it's like a nipple, nipple I cover. I never understand pasties or um, when people, like, put a little thing over the nipple on Instagram. It's like, well, I still know that's your nipple. <laughs> like, uh, to me, it's like the same thing. I still see your entire breast aside from areola. But, um... And God knows I have no problem with areola, so <laughs> just show us areola. But um, so, how is it different in your eyes? That's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think burlesque performers are probably a very early form of strippers. Mm-hmm. Back when they couldn't have full nudity, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe it was illegal. It essentially is by definition stripping because you're stripping off, off your, your clothes. clothing yeah and it's for an audience yeah and it's a sexual thing right you know like the intent is to entice and it's entertain to tease, right? and it's to entertain exactly yeah so it's very very similar that being said there's a lot of stigma still around stripping and Mm -hmm. the difference between burlesque and stripping Mm -hmm. some burlesque performers still look down on strippers for being fully nude performers Mm -hmm. even though they're essentially you know the roots of it is pretty much the same Mm -hmm. well that's one of the questions i was going to say was um do you see a lot of or hear a lot of burlesque dancers shaming strippers and even from me when i hear Mm -hmm. When people write into me or people talk to me out in the real world and they say, you know, I'm not a stripper, I'm a burlesque dancer. And, it, dancer. and it's almost like they feel the need to clarify, like, well, I'm not a stripper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, it's like, well. <laughs> well, so, okay. Have you experienced that as well? I, okay. Me, personally, I became a stripper before I started to really get to know burlesque. Mm-hmm. So that, I think for a lot of people, it's the other way around. I had uh, burlesque's gateway drug to stripping. Yeah, the gateway drug. You know, I know a few. Sorry, I know a few really wonderful performers that started doing burlesque, and that was their foray into stripping. Mm-hmm. And now they do amazing strip shows, fully naked, but they use like the burlesque techniques. They do character work. They, right. They focus on really teasing people. You know. The, the clothing removals are really artfully done. Right. It's a very refined f- form of stripping. I know that they have gone through some challenges being in the burlesque community first mm. and then transitioning into being strippers. Like the backlash of... Yeah. Like, I see. I know that there has been backlash. These are people that I know personally. And is it backlash from the burlesque community? Yeah. Uh. Doesn't surprise me. (laughs) 
Um, that being said, in Vancouver, we do... There is a large burlesque community, and I think most of the people in that community are very accepting. Mm-hmm. They are pro-sex work. They do understand that what they're doing is sexual, mm-hmm. you know? I have a lot of really good friends who are in the burlesque community, and they totally will come out to the strip club to see me. Yeah, and support them. Yeah. Um, there are producers who will hire me to do a pole fusion performance, you mm-hmm. know, in their burlesque variety show. I'm not technically, like, a full-on burlesque performer. Right. It's something that I've done. It's a community that I'm involved with. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'd like to explore further. Mm-hmm. But I don't consider myself a burlesque performer the way that some people do. That Burlesque is like, oh, that's their thing. Identity, yeah. I am a stripper first and foremost, I think. Right. Um, so it so that as far as that backlash happening, it hasn't happened to me personally, but I know that it has happened before. And um, I don't know. There, I think there is a difference between burlesque and stripping because strippers have to go through a lot more stigma than burlesque performers do. Right. And they have and working in a strip club environment is a lot lot different than working, you know, doing a feature burlesque performance. Right. At like some theater. Right. It's a really, really different job. No, and I I, I there's definitely a difference between the two. I just always have a little chuckle when burlesque people in the burlesque community community are really adamant that there's a big difference. Like, I don't, know. don't lump us in with them, with those people. Um, I find that, I find that funny. And, and, and I like to question it, why they're so determined to differentiate themselves from actual sex work. Back to, you mentioned you travel a lot for work. What's that like, being a traveling dancer? You mentioned before, you know, it's it's on you to pay for accommodations, <laughs> um, which I feel like people don't. That's not a world people aren't familiar with at all. That you know, you're you're not like a, and I mean this in the loveliest way possible. You're not exactly treated like a celebrity, where like you know the red carpet is rolling out for you, and you're at you know the Hilton or you know, um, it's it's a lot on you. To, at least in my experience, it's on you to pay for your travel expenses and pay for your accommodations. You know, I don't remember ever being fed. <laughs> no, that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what's that like, traveling? It's cool, and it's also kind of shitty sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of clubs, they'll have, like, a dancer house that they'll put you up in, and usually they take a deduction for you, from your paycheck. So maybe they'll offer you a place to stay, and then they'll take $200 off for the week. Mm-hmm. You know, fair enough. You are paying for the cleaning fee and then you have that place for the week etc um and some places like when the fox in victoria was open they only charged 15 dollars for their cleaning fee and then nice. it, there was not really a charge for the room it just depends on where you go the last time i traveled i was at, in calgary and there was a dancer house but i decided no you know what i'm just gonna get an airbnb i'm just gonna do my own thing mm-hmm I just wanted, like, a little bit of privacy, mm-hmm. and I got a place that was in walking distance to the club. Mm-hmm. So it depends where you go, but you do generally have to pay a little bit mm-hmm. to stay somewhere. 
whether you get your own accommodation or if it's provided by the club. Mm-hmm. And I know um, this is years ago now, but I never stayed in dancer houses. Um, and the one I'm thinking in particular, I rent out my own place. I didn't go in the dancer house. My girlfriends who were to the dancer house, the male, two male managers of the club also lived there and were a little, you know, um, uh, intrigued by what dancers were doing and would kind of bother the dancers throughout the day and night. And apparently it was always messy and not really taken care of. And, you know, there'd be girls that fought or there'd be issues. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) Just ran my own place. But so I've never really heard of like any amazing dancer houses that are like, you know, five star resort style. (laughs) There is a dancer house that I think is amazing. Oh, okay. In Kelowna. Oh, in Kelowna. I really like it. Is it for cheetahs? No, it's for Liquid Zoo. Oh, interesting. I didn't know Liquid Zoo had a good one. It doesn't have a jacuzzi or anything, but... (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't have, like, personal masseuse coming in? It does, if you want, actually. The DJ at the club offers massages, and he's really... In a non-creepy way? In a non-creepy way. He's a great guy. Oh, cool. Okay. So, yeah, and there's a massage table in the place that you can... Oh, shit. Okay. And it has, like, a nice... I had a horrible experience working in Kelowna, and I don't know if I'm going to go back ever, but... Maybe I'll drag you out there with me. <laughs> I will go. I love work. I loved working at Liquid Zoo when I worked there. Oh yeah, I it never worked really at great. Liquid Zoo. I worked at Cheetahs when it opened up again, and there was literally no money to make. And I flew home that same night. I lost like fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've so never mad. Worked, I've never worked at that club, so I don't really know. But yeah, I can only. I like working at the zoo. I just like being in Kelowna. Yeah, I, I used to live out there, so I was kind of like, meh. I don't okay. want to be here again. But yeah, Kelowna is a beautiful place. And it was in um, March, I think, when I went out. Okay. So it wasn't like it was like summertime. It was like ugly out still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, we can try it again. We can give it a second chance together. Um, that being said, uh, where are the best and worst places that you've danced so far? Like, location-wise, oh where would you recommend people try out? <laughs> and where would you recommend people not waste their time? I love Liquid Zoo. I think it's one of, like, the most successful. Really? And money-wise, it's good? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. I really enjoyed myself. Well, I worked there twice in last summer. Oh, okay. So, in the summer, it's really good. I just worked in Calgary. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed myself wasn't a huge money week. It's not, like, a huge money club, but I just enjoyed myself. Yeah. I think that where you work also depends on the type of dancer Mm -hmm. that you are. Because some people really like working, like, Fort Mac, Grand Prairie, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. those type of towns, because you can make a lot of money if you really hustle. I kind of prefer working, like, Calgary, Winnipeg, like, Places that I can be comfortable in and just do my stage and be happy. Right. I've heard that Fort St. John is good. It's good for money. That's okay. I really... Yeah, I've worked Fort St. John and Dawson one time. And it was like emotional warfare. Oh, really? Is it a hard (laughs) club to be at? I make good money, but people were just really mean. Like the clientele? Clientele. Oh, really? I didn't expect that from Fort St. John. Interesting. 
not all of them. Like, there are a lot of really sweet people. Yeah, but there are some that stood out. <laughs> but there was just, it's just a different atmosphere. Because people are kind of, they're there working, shift work. Right. Away from their families. Right. Making all kinds of money, but not really having a lot of fun. And then the strippers is where they go to release what they need to release. Interesting. That's that. That's, I mean, that's the same as Fort Mac was. Um, it was all shift work, and most of them were away from home and making stupid money. But yeah, I never. I don't think in all the time I was there, I ever had a problem with a client. But that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good for you. Yeah, no, Fort Mac was definitely my favorite place to work. Um, when it this is before the fires, when it was good. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't gone back in. Yeah, six years, five years now. Four years? I don't know how long it's been. I haven't been back in a long time. Honestly, it depends who you are, and it depends what kind of dancer you are. Yeah. Um, good friend of mine is half black, and mm. she was met with a lot of racism in Fort St. John. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. That kind of shit wouldn't surprise me at all in those kind of towns. It's a certain type of client, I think, out, That's <laughs> out in those I mean. places. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I agree think, with that. Yeah, like, I'm not black, so it's not... It's probably not as bad right. for me being there, but right. I also have like a certain type of show that I right. don't think that everybody gets really right. Unique. So <laughs> that's why I like to be in cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more versatility. In yeah, Portugal, for sure. And I feel like, and I also like to just enjoy myself. Like, there's not really much, like, no offense, but Fort Saint John is not exactly. A tourist vacation. destination. <laughs> yeah. Vacation destination, yeah. Um, so no, I, can, I believe that. So some people, they love going to, like, all these little small towns. I don't really... I don't really know where I'm going to be going mm-hmm. and what kind of places I'm going to be doing because I don't really want to be traveling that much, personally. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd like to have a life in town. Right. I have other roots that I have set up here. Mm-hmm. No, that's totally fair. Um, so, okay, what are some tips you have then for people and well, dancers that want to travel? How would they get into traveling? What should they be prepared for if they're going to go traveling? Mm, okay. When I go traveling, I always bring a candle or an essential oil diffuser because mm. maybe where you're staying smells funky that's really smart <laughs> you kind of never know mm-hmm. so last time I had like a candle and a room spray because mm-hmm. my place smelled kind of weird <laughs> um and I bring a yoga mat with me mm-hmm. I bring a yoga mat because stretching is important people <laughs> yeah stretching I bring resistance bands mm-hmm. I bring a roller mm, a for roller my is like godsend yeah yeah I bring all that stuff traveling if you're traveling somewhere dry bring lotion and moisturizer mm, that's fine um keep in mind the climate that you're gonna be in i just worked in alberta that is really dry and pretty cold so i actually had to buy a new jacket make sure you're prepared for the weather and uh if you can try and travel with a buddy yes i hate traveling alone i always travel with someone yeah it can get really lonely mm-hmm. i was lucky that I just... My girlfriend from Vancouver happened to be working. Oh, out there? Yeah, out there at the same club as me. And then the other girls at the club are really cool, too. Yeah. 
but if you're just traveling, maybe you only have an, one other girl on the gig with you, and you're just in some random town, mm-hmm. you don't really feel like socializing <laughs> with yeah. strangers. Yeah. It's nicer to have a buddy that you can kind of trust and travel with. Mm-hmm. I would also say, you know, do your research first. If you're not a stage girl booked already, and that's why you're going somewhere, if you're just going to go looking for work... I think definitely do your research first on the type of club it is. If it's financially worth going out there, I can't tell you how many times I traveled for work on my own accord with friends and either we got there and the money was shit and we lost money traveling. I was like, oh, great. And, or um, you don't know what type of club it is and who they hire and you and your friend can't get hired together that's big i know in the states a lot it's really segregated yeah the clubs so if i go with a girlfriend with a different ethnicity than i am we might not get hired the same clubs so that's a possibility to consider too um when you're traveling places oh yeah okay i just wanted to mention also on that note you're totally right about re- researching where you're going and what type of and what type of audience you have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I like to dance to hip hop and R and B. This is what I mean when I say okay. Sometimes I will go to a place mm-hmm. where. The clientele mostly likes rock and country, and I will do my little show, and they will be like, what the hell? Cricket. Cricket. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this Filipino chick with short hair dancing to, like, I don't know, rap music, trap music? Yeah. Like, you kind of have to play to your audience, and the culture changes depending on the studios that you go. For sure. So I do try and keep it true to myself. But I will totally tailor my show to the audience that I'm in front of. Yeah. And and you have to. You have to, like, all that plays a role in how much money you're going to make and how much you're going to appeal to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you a few questions. And these are the same ones from last season, but I'm going to switch them up soon. So, <laughs> what is something you've done or tried sexually that you would probably never try again? Has there been anything really that bad? One time, I let my boyfriend at the time pee on me, and he didn't drink enough water. Oh, super strong smelling, right? (laughs) It was really strong. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I probably would say, okay, maybe I'll try it again, but... Hydrate. Hydrate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've done... No, I agree. I've done the peeing thing, too, and it was more so just a novelty thing to say we've done it, to maybe it was our thing. It wasn't really our thing. Um, but yeah, I agree. If the pee is really strong smelling, it's like, whew. Yeah, it's just a, like, I don't know, that was my, that's the only time I tried it, so. Yeah, you can't, you can't knock it, to, you gotta try it twice yeah. before you knock it. <laughs> um, okay, on the same line of thought, what's one thing you want to try sexually that you haven't yet? Oh my gosh. That's a good question. You're kind of putting me on the spot. <laughs> I've done everything that I wanted to do. Maybe double pen- maybe double penetration. Double penetration yeah. on you? On me. With the same person or two different people? With two different people. Ooh, and where do you want to be penetrated? Like your mouth or like ass and vagina? Ass and vagina. Yeah. Have ass. you done it with a dildo before? 
Yeah, but... It would be different with, like, two guys. I think yeah. it would be really different with yeah. two people. That'd be hot. Let me know how it goes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Send me a video. Um, okay, number three. What is the kinkiest or strangest sexual encounter you've had? Oh, gosh. Strangest sexual encounter... I was on acid at a festival, and I got fucked in, like, a teepee. (laughs) (laughs) Cultural appropriation. It was, like, a wishing tent with, like, a hole in it. Like, there was no door. It was just, like, a hole, and we just, like, had sex. Oh, okay. I thought you meant a glory hole. I was like, no. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, though. I mean, that's something on the list, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm possibility (laughs) endless um that's wild okay so four one thing you don't understand or drives you mad about the opposite sex okay i just wish that dudes would just express the way that they feel more yes like if you like me say that you like me Mm -hmm. if you don't want to date me don't just ghost me just tell me right. if you are in love with me i'm talking to someone here <laughs> tell me yeah, tell me often <laughs> yeah no tell i tell me agree. often i know it sounds cliche but communication is fucking key it just saves so much time and anxiety and stress and like arguments just like expressing yourself yeah and i just think i don't know i'm kind of an insecure person sometimes. I think, I think everyone is. Everyone has their own insecurities. And a lot of guys, like, a lot of times it causes problems. It causes mm-hmm. problems with jealousy. Mm-hmm. It causes, you know, it makes me feel sad. It's better to just reassure me. If yep. you can just take that extra little effort to just put in a little extra reassurance, mm-hmm. it would just be better for everybody. So just do so. <laughs> do it, damn it. Okay. Last question. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Hi, I'm Princess. Look at me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So much pressure. Yeah, a lot of pressure. Respect sex workers. Mm -hmm. Sex workers are people, too. Yeah, just simple. Simple concept, but people really struggle with it. Yeah. I agree. That's 100% what I would probably say in more aggressive terms, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, that is it for this episode. Where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram. I'm going to have a bunch of other platforms coming up, but right now I'm on Instagram at NaomiXVice. So find me there. So it's N-A-O-M-I... X-V-I-C-E. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And make sure to subscribe on Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Review. Give me all the stars. As always, you can find me on Instagram at 50plusatip or email me at 50plusatip at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me, Naomi. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing. Bye. Bye.